O-U-R-U-F, Wednesday, October 10th. Ready to die, part 7. Here's the bad news in advance, so you don't crack under pressure. Okay, guys, welcome again um, to R-U-F. If you are here and you're wondering what, what we're about, we're about people in community hearing the gospel together, processing it no matter where you are, burned, bored out, cynical, um, lost, found, Whoever you are, wherever you are, we're glad you're here. And the way we choose to do this at RUF, to hear the gospel, is to go through passages of Scripture in sequence. And so we pick important ones that we think you need to know. And so um, this one that we've been going through all semester, if you're just kind of joining in, in the middle here, is John 13 through 17. It's important because this is the last words Jesus spoke to his disciples, the very last words. Wouldn't you like to be a, a fly on the wall uh, with, with, you know, with hearing capabilities that could translate what happened. Well, that's what we have here in the Bible study this, this semester, is we have the very last words from Jesus, and he's announced to his disciples, big shocker, he's ready to die. He's ready to go to, his, to the cross to pay for our sins, and he's giving instructions. And so he's, he's comforted them, now he's, he's admonishing them and giving them instructions, and then he's going to make some predictions. Next week we're going to see those, and he's going to pray for his disciples. So we're right here in the middle of the admonitions or, or the, the instructions from Jesus. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about anxiety. If you look at, if you look at uh, verse uh, 16, 1 on your sheet right there in the middle, he says, I've said these things to you to keep you from falling away. Because you're going to face tests. You're going to face a lot of tests in this life. Uh, you're going to face all kinds of, and, and like you, t- you face tests every single week. Some of you have tests tomorrow, Ann. Okay, you've got a lot going on, a lot on your plate. And I don't know about how many of you guys, some of you get anxiety over tests. I know I do. Uh, whenever I'm tested, I feel nervous um, standing before people and having to, to tell what I know. Wade, you have to talk Spanish to your professor uh, for 15 minutes and have a conversation with someone who knows Spanish. That's nerve-wracking to me. Um, you talk about nerve-wracking, Landry Jones. Uh, every Sunday, or Saturday, scrutinized. A college student like you scrutinized for his uh, football playing abilities. And so, if you're joining us for, after the last couple weeks here, um, it's a lot like kind of a Landry Jones moment, okay, where we are in this text. Because what we've seen here is Jesus, if you look at verse 5 of John 15, he's, he's, he's spoken very comforting words to them. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Okay, that's really good news, though, because he's talking about how he is so connected to his people that he's like a vine and we're the branches. You can't be any more connected than that. We're in Jesus if we're in him. And so we will bear fruit if we're in him. And then, and then the second verse there, to get the context here, is 16. He talks about he chose us. He picked us as his friends. He calls us his friends. And so it's been all good news in this chapter thus far. All good news. It's like we've practiced. We've gone through the drills, Jesus and we feel good about ourselves, but we haven't seen 300-pound linemen bearing down on us yet. We haven't seen the pass rush yet from a real Big 12 school. We haven't seen what Texas has to throw at us, this, this, this game plan. So, now he's going to give them the bad news. What, is it, what are we going to face here? What are going to be the obstacles? And so, look at the obstacles with me. Okay, we're ready to, we're ready to die, Jesus says. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you and go to the Father. I'm going to give you the Spirit but you're going to have a lot of pressure, and I don't want you to crack under the pressure. I want you to succeed. I don't want you to fall away. Here's the bad news. Here's how to stop the collapse. 
Okay, verse 18, hear it. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had, done not, if I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in the law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. It's a quote from the Old Testament. But when the, when the Helper comes, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering a service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Let's pray. Uh, Dear God, your word uh, we know is eternal, uh, and, and it will not ever perish. Uh, Lord, we perish, we fall, and these words speak about our perishing. These words speak about how we are limited, we will be tested, we will be killed sometimes for you. And so, Lord, would you um, today help us to live these realities, live these realities of identifying so closely to you that these words might become true, that these that these words might become gloriously true, that we might be known as your people and we would be hated, but then we would identify with you and we would be blessed. Lord, help us to, to know Jesus in such a way tonight. Help us to, to understand him as our Lord, as our Savior, as our friend, and we will give you glory. Amen. So, the big idea tonight, he wants his friends not to fall away. when They're going to face major testing in this world and the world hates them. That's what he says. That's a pretty provocative statement, okay? If you look at verse 18, if the world hates you, know that it hated me first. And it says, if the world hates you. It's not saying the world will hate you. Uh, what, what does it, what's, what's the condition here? If the world hates you, it hated him first. And so, essentially here is, if you're a Christian, if you're in Jesus, if you know Jesus and you're identified with him, the world will hate you. This is a world of hate. Now, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I mean, I've lived a pretty cushy life when it regards being hated by the world. Okay, I don't, I don't see a lot of hate for being a Christian. Um, a lot of people, maybe on campus, uh, maybe you're in your classes you see this, a lot of times parents used to freak out about, Christian parents used to freak out about sending their kids to college because they'd send them to college and then the professors would rail against Christianity. Do your professors rail against Christianity? Anybody ever experienced that ever anymore? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I doubt it. Uh, a lot of times Christianity is sort of 
thought of as irrelevant, okay? Not touching real life. Those are for the crazies. Um, this is academic life here, irrelevant. Uh, maybe, maybe it's become irrelevant for you. It's something you do on Sunday with your grandma for an hour, and then you don't really think about it the rest of the week. Um, if, that's, if that's the way Christianity is for you, then, then there's not a lot of people going to be hating on you. Um, secondly, maybe, maybe, you think, maybe Christianity has been marketed to you as sort of a vacation. You know, it's the Zach Brown band. you got your, your toes in the water, rear end in the sand, you know, cold drink in your hand. Life is good today. It's sort of like, okay, all my problems are gone, okay? All my problems are gone because I've got Jesus. And that's, that's, that's just simply not the case. Um, problems, Jesus says here, problems come with me. I bring trouble. <laughs> I'm trouble. Um, the world hates you because it hates me. Um, maybe you think it's an escape. Escape from the things of this life. Um, Christianity very much brings you more into these things of this life. Because when you identify with Christ, that means that you're called to love one another. You're called to engage people. You're called to identify with others outside of your own comfort zone. Uh, maybe you look at Christianity as Christmas. Okay, it's like, I get a bunch of things. Well, no, Christianity in this world is not about getting, it's about giving. It's about washing feet. He's already told us this. Um, and so he, he's saying, we're to serve. And, and that's going to bring us in all kinds of relations with other people. And so uh, we're often, I don't think, living this out rightly or correctly and inconsistently. And so, therefore, we're not experiencing the hate that's associated with Jesus because Jesus was hated by the religious people, the non-religious people. Anybody out there hated Jesus. Um, how do we experience this, though? Um, I think we see... Now, who is hated in our culture? Who do we know that's hated in our culture? I think obese people are hated in our culture. Um, there's an analogy, right? We hate on obese people. I mentioned this last week. There was a woman on the news, uh, a weather woman, uh, and, and someone wrote in to this, to this news station a nasty email to this woman saying, you are too fat. Look at yourself. You are a terrible, a terrible representation for the people of this community. You're no good. Think about what, what example you portray, right? We, we, uh, we see these people as annoying, okay? They, they, are, they are in our way. They just need to get it together. There's so much hatred for these people. Everyone wants to be skinny. And this woman stood up to this bullying, okay? This bullying, this guy wrote her this letter, and on the news stood up to the bullying and said, I am more than a number on a scale. My worth is not tied up in what I look like. And what we value is appearance. We make that more than where we are with Christ. Appearance. Appearance in our culture is what we value. But we've got to make Jesus what we value to the exclusion of, of what we look like, exclusion of what other people look like. Jesus has to matter in such a profound way that it freaks people out, that it, it makes people look sideways at us. The world, if it sees that, will respond in such a remarkable way that it will show us it hates Jesus. We will see it. Um, the scripture calls Christians in Matthew 5, it calls Christians, all Christians, salt and light. Now, why does it call us salt? Why? Uh, Wade and I talked about this earlier. Like, so what is salt in the first century? Um, salt in the first century was not used as a um, kind of an additive to your food to make it taste better. Uh, it was used as, like, picture this is the way they did They didn't have refrigeration back then, so they would, like, picture throwing your, throwing your, your hunk of steak or your four pounds of ground beef on top of your refrigerator, okay? 
Well, okay, that wouldn't help us today, right? Would it just be, sit there and be rotting nasty meat? Okay, so what do they do to help keep the meat from being gross? They'd put salt on it. Salt would preserve it, okay? So it's, Jesus is essentially saying that this world is a big hunk of rotten, nasty meat. Okay, it's been sitting, and we need to be the salt that keeps it from decaying. We would also need to be the light that, that shines Jesus forward to this world to bring about salvation and rescue from the darkness. And so, that's, that's the kind of world we live in. When, when it sees Jesus, it will hate because Jesus threatens everything that it's about while at the same time preserving it, sort of ironically. Okay, so it's a world of hate, which we don't experience today, but it is out there. Um, just if you Google Christian today, if you got on your smartphone and Google Christian right now, you don't have to do that, but if you did, um, you would find that at 3 p.m. today, 21 people were killed in Nigeria for being Christians. Okay, you could look at, you could multiply Ethiopia. Many people killed this month for being Christians. Uh, India, Pakistan, all these places where people have been killed this day and this month for being a Christian because the world can't stand them. Why is that not happening here? I don't understand it. Why are we in such a place? Is it because we're blessed? Maybe. <laughs> or maybe we're just not living it out. I don't understand. If we were really living it out, Jesus is saying the world will hate you because it hates me. If it sees me, it, it wants to kill me. It cannot stand to be near me. It will try to kill me. It will seek to kill me. It will seek to kill you. And so let's look at the hated one. Why does it hate Jesus so much? Or why is the world so bad? Why does Jesus say that the world is evil, the world is bad? Well, the world is bad because of who it hates. Okay, if you think about the, like, the objectively good things in the world, okay, there are a lot of good things out there, but the best thing, the greatest thing is who? God. God the Father. Jesus loves God the Father so much that he is willing to lay down his life for the Father's people. And then God loves the Son so much that he's willing to provide a bride for this Son. They, they are the ultimate things in the, in the world, because they made the world, the ultimate things that exist. And the world hates that. Um, some of you have been following the Jerry Sandusky scandal at Penn State. Awful, awful thing. Horrendous. Now, there is a story in the gospel in which Jesus is about to be crucified and is, is, and, and is standing there before a crowd. And there is a criminal on, on the leader's side, a very bad criminal named Barabbas. And there, is a, and there is a Jesus. There is an innocent one, a spotless lamb, a, a man who, who is never tainted by sin. And there is a Sandusky. And you know what the crowd cried out for when, when that leader said, okay, you can free one prisoner. You can free Jesus or you can free Barabbas slash Sandusky. What did everybody cry? Jesus? No. No one cried Jesus. Everyone cried, give us Sandusky. Give us Barabbas. Give us the criminal and let him filter back into our communities. That, isn't that profound? A known criminal, Barabbas, we would rather have him. Let's just go down the sex offender registry and put him in our neighborhood rather than Jesus. Okay, let's do that. That's our wisdom. We decided we didn't want Jesus. We would rather have Sandusky. 
We'd rather have the criminal. Okay, we killed the glorious one, the one who had no sin, because we wanted, we didn't want him. It's messed up. I was riding down the street the other day in my car, and I had the pleasure of running over a skunk. Okay, like the pleasure. Okay, so this this black and white thing goes streaking across the road, and I live kind of in the east side of town. Kind of there's there's a lot of cows and and horses, kind of country, and so this, this little skunk goes scurrying across the street, and I can't stop him going probably 40, and just boom, okay, plowed over this thing, and it went, my car went ba-boom, ba-boom, you know, just, just took this thing out, okay, I didn't, look, I didn't look in the rear view to see if it was moving, but it was, it was that was pretty much it for that skunk, okay, so, so I had the, the privilege of, of, you know, is my car going to stink now? Do I have that, you know, black hair on the front of my car? I don't know. It's just, this is the grossest thing to think about because skunks are disgusting, okay? Um, right? So, so my car stinks now. I've hit a skunk. Uh, it's, it's pretty disappointing, okay? So um, hopefully I can run it through a car wash. Now, where am I going with this? Okay, you're wondering. Does this have anything to do with what I'm talking about? Well, yes, it does, okay? Um, we look at, you know, the, the kind of the world of our, of our world is that we drive around in our nice cars, we occasionally hit skunks, and that's a bad day. We occasionally make a C and not a, a B plus, and that's a bad day. Um, okay, we hit this, I hit the skunk. It's a bad day. Um, it could be a lot worse, but okay, so here's the deal. What the world, the world views, Jesus is that skunk. <laughs> it's not, we're not the one in the car in this illustration. We are on the back of the skunk. And the car is not just trying to miss us. It's trying to run us over. That's where we are. Um, we are that, we're in that place. If we identify with Jesus, we're there. There are cars looking to destroy us, looking to run us over. Um, why? Because what Jesus says is this, which, which destroys everything about us. It says, you are a bad person. Jesus says, you are a sinner you have broken the commands of God. And it says you are in such a bad place that you cannot help yourself. You must be redeemed by a sacrifice, by someone redeeming you, dying for you because you can't help yourself. And that offends everything about you, everything that we hold dear. Our pride is gone. Our righteousness is gone. We're not good people and we can't help ourselves. And the world cannot stand that, and it wants to snuff that out. And it would rather take, here's a list of rules to be a better person. It would rather have that than the hated one. And so, how do we, how do we live with this world, with this hated one? Um, how do we get there? Um, how, do we, how do we change this world that hates this, this living and wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, um, how do we do it without failing the test, without crumbling under the, under the pressure? Well, um, I think we are all sort of in three categories here tonight. Uh, is that, one, we're the hated on. Okay, we have been hated on in some way. Uh, now, it wasn't, it's just, yeah, that's, that's, some of us have been hated on. Some here are unaffected, absolutely unaffected by this, have never experienced being hated on in the name of Jesus for any stretch of, any, any reasonable reason or at all. Uh, and then third, some of us are the haters. We don't like this. There are three kinds of people here tonight. Um, and I'm going to say that um, the hated on, 
this is, this is for you. This is absolutely for you. If you've ever suffered for your faith, Jesus has told you it's going to happen. He's told you it's going to happen. He said, I've said these things to you to keep you from giving up, from crumbling. He said, this is to keep you from falling away. Uh, they will put you out of the synagogues. They will throw you out. You're going to know what it means to be kicked out. You might even be killed, but here's the deal. I'm going to be resurrected. You're going to live with me. They can kill you, but they can't. Death has no sting over you. You will live because you're with me. And in that, you can find a lot of joy. We have so much in our, in our, in our culture, in our country, in the, at OU, but there is so much we're missing. You know, so we have so much, but we're so unhappy. I think we, you know, we can have a lot, we can have a little, but if we have that kind of untouchable rock in Jesus, that, yeah, okay, they hated him because they hated his father, they hated him, they hate us because of that. Well, they, we're with the one who overcame. We're the one, they hated him so much they put him to death. They put him to death on a cross and he resurrected. He rose again from the dead inexplainably to any stretch. I mean, there's no explanation for that other than he is God. He is the one who has the, the keys to, the, to life and death. He is it. And so, if you're hated one, this is good news for you. Okay? But then there's, there's two other camps here. Those that are unaffected. And largely that's us in a lot of ways. We're not affected by hatred for this world or of this world towards us. And so if that's you, why is that? Well, I would say you're a Burger King Christian. <laughs> you're a Burger King Christian. Burger King. Now, what do I mean by that? One of my favorite commercials was the Burger King King, okay? The Burger King King was this awkward man that ran around in a, burger, in a king mask, right? In a king costume, and he would show up at the weirdest moments. You'd be waking up, and you'd have breakfast in bed, and you'd look out the, out the window, and there's the king looking at you. It'd freak you out, right? Um, he would show up in the middle of an NFL play on, on, on a game. He would just be the quarterback running down the field, and everyone's looking at him like, it's the king again. Okay, the king. And he would never say anything. He'd just stand off at a distance, right? Awkwardly looking there, okay? Awkwardly. Um, you're unaffected by Jesus because you haven't engaged him, okay? Maybe somebody's called you a hypocrite, okay? Maybe someone's, maybe that puts you in the first camp, actually. Someone's actually calling you a hypocrite for not meeting the standard. You've engaged Jesus. You've said, hey, I'm a Christian, but, but I don't keep it all the way. I have my sin. I can't keep it, and that's why I need Jesus. And so when somebody calls you a hypocrite, it's, it's an opportunity, y'all, to say, I need Jesus. I need him just as bad as you do. I actually need him worse. If you really knew the depths of my depravity, you would know that I need this, this Savior. I know I need him. And I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to follow him, but I've got a lot. You've got you to bear with me here. But if you're unaffected by him, if it really makes no difference, no one's asking you about it because you're just looking off at him. You haven't engaged him. You haven't, you haven't asked him to be yours. You haven't, you haven't tried to follow him. You haven't tried to, to take the hard steps. Then you're not going to be hated by this world. Okay? You're going to be right there capitulating with the world because you're not willing to jump in with Jesus. Okay? And if you're the haters, if you're the, the third category, if you're the ones who are, who are actually scoffing at this Jesus, and scoffing at these people, um, these, these poor Christians who follow Jesus, and sort of 
you know, maybe even unaffected by that, that are thinking they're kind of silly for getting killed over in Nigeria for this or killed over in Ethiopia for this. Um, you think that's silly. Well, well the t- your time is limited, y'all. Your time is absolutely limited. If you're a hater, Jesus is saying to you that he is coming again to judge the haters. It says the spirit of truth, the helper's coming, who I'm going to send from the Father. He's going to uh, proceed from the Father. He's going to bear witness about me. And these people will bear witness. My friends will bear witness because they've been with me from the beginning. They're going to stand. These people who you hate, this Jesus that you hate, will stand and, and judge. They will bear witness to the true and living God, the Son of God. And so now he calls the haters to become his own. He calls the haters to become his friends. And he says, why? Because I took on what it meant to be a hater. I took on what it meant to be a hater. When people were, were standing at the foot of the cross, hurling insults at him, saying, essentially, I hate you, Jesus. Mocking him, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And those words are still true for every single one of us today. If we will come to Jesus, if we will look at that Jesus on the cross and say, this is the Son of God, this is the one, this is the one I need to die for my sins because I've hated God and I've hated Jesus. If that's for you, if you, if you claim that then, that, then those words are still true for you. Father, forgive you, or forgive them for they know not what they do. That's true for you and that's true for anyone who will believe it. And so we go, and we, pre- we go from here and we preach a message of peace. We, we preach a message of peace between God and people. And we preach a message of peace between those who hate us and those who are following Christ. We, we preach a message of peace because God brings peace and brings reconciliation. And so, um, if, this, this, if this is your, you know, if, this is, if, you, if you're buying this, if you're into this, if you think this is, this is moving to you, if this, is, if this is your story, you've been forgiven for hating God, then, then, then share it. Then proclaim it. Live it. Um, and, and, and seek to be consistent with it. And when you, when you fail at it, when you're hated on for being inconsistent and a, and a hypocrite, own it. And say, I need Jesus. When the tests come, you don't have to fall away because Jesus has already told you this is coming. It's not going to be feet in the sand, rear end on the beach, Christianity. It's going to be tough, y'all. It's going to be hard. You're going to face challenges. Maybe you're facing them right now, uh, and maybe they're, they're still to come. But, but college is a place where you will be. And so um, I'm, I'm proposing, uh, just, usually I don't have like a lot of like invitations, kind of come forward stuff, you know, at RUF. We never do that, like come forward if you want to accept Jesus or raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus. We're not going to do that. But what I'd like to do is I'm going to, I'm going to go next Monday night to uh, do some homeless ministry, some mercy ministry. And if anyone wants to come with me, we're going to leave at about 8 o'clock on Monday night. If you want to come, you know how to find me. I'm on Facebook. You're probably all my Facebook friends because I stalk you. Um, but, you know, if, you're, if, if you want to come with me, text me, call me, Facebook me, or we're going to go and try to be Jesus to somebody because he's loved us and see where that gets us, see how it goes. So it's, it's a good opportunity to do something. So Monday at 8, if you're available, we'll do that. Let's pray and we'll, we'll do a song and end it from there. Father, Lord, Lord, challenge us uh, with these words to be like you. 
that somebody might see, we know you. And that we, as we seek to do things for you, that you would do immeasurably more than we could ever imagine in bringing us to to know you more and love you and, and in bringing our friends to know you as well. And so we will give you glory for that and thanks for your sake. Amen. Um, I think it's just one of the... Bless me. Tommy, put this on. 